This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Sixth and Spring Books. Check out the knitting book selection at www.sixthandspringbooks.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of Never Not Knitting. I have a great episode in store for you today, and also a really big, fabulous drawing giveaway to announce. But before I share all of that with you, I'd like to first announce the winner of last episode's drawing. I went through all of the entries and selected one of the commenters at random, and I'm happy to announce that the winner of the Wool Candy Meringue Merino in the Never Not Knitting Green colorway from the Fiber Fix is the commenter under the name of Pandora's Box of Fiber. Congratulations! So please, when you hear this, get in touch with me right away with your shipping address so that I can arrange for the skein to get sent out to you. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks to everyone else who entered the drawing. I'm sorry you didn't win this time, but just keep trying. I'm always announcing drawings, and like I said, I have a really great one to announce at the end of this episode. So, without further ado, I'd like to share with you this episode's interview. Late last year, I had the privilege of interviewing Kristen Nicholas. I had recently discovered her latest book, Color by Kristen, and was so inspired by it. Kristen has been in our industry for such a long time. She has tons of experience, and she's one of the most artistic knitwear designers that I've come across. Her use of color and pattern together in knitting is really just awe-inspiring. I was totally impressed by her new book, and it was really great getting a chance to talk to her about it. Kristen, how are you? Hi, how are you? It's Alana or Alana? Alana. Alana, okay, that's such a pretty name. I'm just so thrilled to have you on the podcast today. I've seen your name and seen your work throughout the years in books and in magazines, so it's just so exciting for me to actually get to talk to you. Oh, well, I hope I don't disappoint. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you know, I do have your new book, Color by Kristen, which... I love. It's just a super inspirational publication for me. And I really wanted to talk to you about it. But as I was looking through it, I couldn't help but notice the um, introduction that you provided, your biography. And I pretty funny, isn't it? (laughs) No, I just thought it was so interesting. And I can tell that you just have such a unique background in knitting and crafting and how it all came about. And I was just really hoping that we could start out by maybe you sharing some of that with the listeners. Would that be okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you how it came about. Um, they, the, the people that publish it, Soho, the art director said, um, her name's Diane, she's a really great art director, and she said, do you think you could write something, you know, sort of personal that would give the whole book sort of a, a warmer feeling and that kind of thing? And I think 
Knitters actually, because they knit and they create, they like to know the backstory to people's lives. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I was fine with that. And then she said, try to find some pictures. And, oh, my God, you know, I haven't lived in my mother's house for, oh, boy, you know, 30-something years. And I, you know, she couldn't find anything. And then one day I was putting a bunch of old, like, uh, you know, every seven years you get rid of your tax returns and stuff. I was throwing stuff out, and I found this box of pictures. Um, so we were able to include some of those really funny pictures. There were a lot that were really funnier than the ones that were in there. But, you know, it's like I've been knitting since I was nine and sewing since I was nine. So I really cannot remember when I didn't um, work with color and create something. You know, it's just mm-hmm. been part of my life. And yeah. it's really nice that I'm still, you know, I'm still doing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I got, I love that picture of you in your, your hand sewn outfit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in 4-H. That's great. And, um, I, so I, you know, it was, I guess it was competitive sewing. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it, it looks good. <laughs> yeah. And I actually won this big, um, uh, State New Jersey sewing person, the sewing person in 4-H, and I went to Chicago, and I went to this thing called National Club Congress, and there were all these other 4-H people there, and so it was neat, you know, there were people from farms, and there were people from cities, and just all walks of life, and um, it was, you know, as I was young, I was like a freshman in college when I went to it, and, huh. you know, it was a nice way to see the world open up, and and then to take my um, my sewing, and then I went to school. I went to school for college and university, and just to learn more and more and more about about fabrics and textiles and yarns. Um, you know, it was that was eye opening because you know then you get into the manufacturing and you just learn all about mm-hmm. twist and about weaving and and a thread count and all all those kind of things that make clothing and yarn what they are. But mm-hmm. most people don't think about that, you know? They just think of, oh, it's yarn in a pretty color. Right, but, right. Um, but so you learned all so the much. background. Yeah, I learned all that stuff. And, and, you know, that education has really served me well because somebody could say to me, well, what do I do with this? And I can honestly say, well, throw it out or, <laughs> or mm-hmm. take it here and maybe they can fix it for you or something like that. <laughs> right. Cool. I was also thinking... I thought it was kind of interesting about how you worked for a yarn company. Yep. Yeah. I um, let's see. I think I was like 25, and I 25 or something like that. And um, I got a job at Classic Elite Yarns, and it was a very huh. small company. And um, it was actually called Elite Specialty Yarns back then. Basically, I was hired to turn it into, you know, whatever I could turn it into. So I did that for 15 years. And I, I never knew I, that. That's interesting. You didn't know that? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, I was the one that turned it into a hand yarn, hand knitting yarn company because huh. they, the people that owned it really didn't know, you know, how to turn it into fashion. They didn't know about color. Um, they didn't really know about fashions of yarns. And no, you know, it wasn't only me. There were other people that helped me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I did that for 16 years and, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty well connected in the in you know in the yarn industry. Although I stopped doing that, I think in like around 2000 because I have this 
I have a little girl, uh, well, she's 11 now, but mm-hmm. uh, when she was real little, it's just the travel was too much, and I was just tired of it. So yeah. I basically started writing books after that. So. I see, yeah. Well, um, is is your daughter's Julia, right? Yes, and she's got the yarn named after her. I know, I noticed <laughs> that. I figured that out with with your book. But are um, all these cute little pictures? Is that is that your daughter in the book? Um, in or? the book, she is in two of them, and then her friend is in a couple of them. She's the one with the darker blonde hair. The uh-huh. other little girl's got kind of reddish blonde hair. That's her friend Bridget. So, so yes. is she is she the one with the shorter hair? Um, or? let's see. She has bangs in those pictures. Okay, I think so, I know which one. Yeah, yeah. She's so cute. In the picture that um, the little girls are on the road, she's the one on the left-hand side. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, that's her, yes. That's so neat. Was she so excited to be in your knitting book? Oh, she's just, um, she's pretty much over it. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she, you know, she she knew, uh, she's always known that I knit, because, you know, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And then I have a magazine will come and I'll open it up. I'll say, see, there's my sweater. Remember when I was knitting that a year ago? <laughs> and, uh-huh. and I, so one time um, I was doing a sweater for Pam Allen when she was at Interweave. And I said, you know, do you think Julia could model it? She would think that was really great. Uh-huh. Maybe five or something like that. And so I made the sweater to fit her. And then we had to drive three hours for the photo shoot for, for one picture and then three hours back. And I thought she'd be so excited about it. She could care less. Really? Yeah. Now, though, she's uh, she's a little bit more interested in it now because, like, tomorrow I'm going to a book signing. Uh-huh. And she will, she's going to come with me. Mommy, can I come with you? And believe me, she will say, and I'm Julia, and I'm, I have a yarn name. Yeah. <laughs> and here's my picture in the book. Oh, yeah. She knows what page she's on. How funny. That's so yeah. cute. But that is, you know, that's kids, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, they don't get it, huh? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm sort of glad that she's excited about it because, you know, it gives her something to be proud of, basically. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think that yeah. would be really neat. Really. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I speaking of your book, I'm re- I've really enjoyed looking through it. I think it's really great, and I love, I, I really enjoy your style, how it's so bright, it's so colorful, it's so fun, and I loved looking through all your projects, and even though they're all in the same type of yarn, your yarn, Julia, yes, uh-huh. and all in the same way, it was fun to see all the variety. Uh-huh, yeah, well, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you don't wear in it, mm-hmm. which is a really fun thing to do for knitting, because, you know, I I think, like, um once you have so many hand knit sweaters, you, I, I think you just want to move on to other things <laughs> and still be able to knit. Right. And, um, you know, so I think that's why a lot of people go to knitting for presents and, um, knitting, I don't know, knitting for Christmas gifts and knitting for shower gifts and all that kind of stuff because there's so much more you can do with knitting. So I've got a bunch of home deck things in there. Yeah. That are knit. Like, did you see the ottoman? Yes, that was so cool. Yeah, yeah, and really I love, fun, isn't it? Yes, and I I love your knitting bag and your your teapot cozy. It's so yep. cute, yeah, really and the, cute. And the coffee cozy with for a French press uh, pot. I don't know if you saw that one. It's oh, awesome. I did. Yeah, yeah I so no, cute. I thought that they're all really cute. Um, but since yep. many people listening may not have the book in front of them, why yeah. don't we go ahead and tell um tell them a little bit about it? Do you mind sharing? 
um, the concept behind the book and how okay. the book came about? Right. Um, well, I've been doing this colorful knitting for years. I mean, oh God, I've I've knit in Fair Isle. It was like one, the second thing I think I ever knit was in Fair Isle. Mm-hmm. So I've always been enamored with putting colors together and following patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like following a graphic pattern and then turning it into a fabric. So uh, that's always been one of the things that I'd like to knit. I've also knit cables over the years and um, just, you know, I, I love mohair also, just fluffy mohair. Uh-huh. But, um, when I was working for the yarn company, um, we were always trying to think of ideas to sell yarn. So I came up with this concept for these little projects, and we packaged them in a ba- in a ba- uh, basket, and they had a little booklet. But mm-hmm. the instructions were very, very sketchy. Like mm-hmm. it didn't exactly tell you how to reproduce the project that was featured because um, I wanted to be more creative for people. I so see. Um, there were several different projects in that series, and and it kept going for a few years, and. Some of the projects in this book are based on those things that I designed many years ago. Oh. And then I basically, you know, took it farther and did did bigger things. And um, because I have this sewing background and I did a lot of embroidery as a kid, mm-hmm. I always combined the embroidery with with the knitting. Mm-hmm. So basically, you can take a you know just plain flat piece of stockinette and put some lazy daisies on it and make it into a cute little girl sweater or um, like a, a piece of Fair Isle, it, because Fair Isle is knit only in two colors with stranded knitting. It, it, it's called stranded knitting, two color knitting, Fair mm-hmm. Isle. Um, you, you usually, you only use two colors in a row. Mm-hmm. And what, that is how pretty much all the projects are knit in the book. Most of them are actually knit in the round. Mm-hmm. And then to get the other colors on top of them, you do duplicate stitch. Which have you mm-hmm. ever done that? I uh, just a tiny little bit of it, <laughs> but now, yeah. but since looking at your book, I'm totally inspired to do more. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what you do with a tapestry needle with a blunt point is you trace a stitch mm-hmm. that you knit, and so it basically duplicates the stitch on top of the knitted fabric. Mm-hmm. And so you can go into a two-color pattern and then make it a three or four-color pattern by doing the duplicate stitch later. Right. Yeah, then further you can add to it by adding embroidery stitches on top of it. Mm-hmm. So almost all the projects, not all of them, but a lot of them in the book have duplicate stitch, and some of them also have bits of, of embroidery on top of them. And um, let's see, I did another book called Kristen Knits. Uh-huh. It came out two years ago, and that had a lot of, uh, it was a lot of color knitting, and it had some duplicate stitch and some embroidery on top of it. That was published by Story. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, it's well, it's sort of become my signature style. I yeah, think. well, it's <laughs> I love it. I think it's really unique. Um, I was funny that you're as you're talking to me about embroidery. I just happened to have um, page fourteen open, which shows the entire process about how you have this little flower knitted up and then how you did the duplicate stitch to fill in the color inside the flower and then you did the embroidery on top oh, right. yes, in different yes. examples. Uh, and um, one, Is it a yellow with an or- orange flower or something so, like Yeah, that? orange flower and a blue background. I don't... It's oh, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, page, yeah, page 14. Here we go. Yeah. 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 Yes, and so 
I I was lucky that Soho, who published this book, sort of understood, um, you know, the concept that I was trying to bring to people. Mm-hmm. And that page is a great illustration of how picking the right colors to work together really right. is how you start off right. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to show that concept. And yeah, do you, do you like how it morphs into yeah. the thing? It's really interesting. I it's funny how just adding a like a third color or just adding a few stitches on top totally changes the look of it. Yes. yes. And I I like that you could knit something kind of plain and then at the end embellish it however, you know, you see fit. It's kind right. of it's very creative. Yes, it is creative. And you know what uh, when you bring a book out like this, you basically you want this to be a book that people turn to and then go off on their own and make their own versions of it. And right. Turn to page, um, let's see, why don't you turn to page 28, okay. and I'll tell everybody that's listening about it. Um, okay. I, it's, it's a chapter called Designing Fair Isle Knit, mm-hmm. and I actually show people how to design their own charts that they can knit off of and how a pattern will morph from a plain design and then get more intricate and more intricate and more intricate. And it it shows them how to do it. On the next page, it actually shows how I develop a pattern and, you know, make it into a quadrant and then flip it around and turn it into that swatch that's on page 31, which is sort of like um, mm-hmm. like crosses and diagonals. And then if you turn the page one more time, on page 33, do you there's a swatch of uh, of a flower, basically, mm-hmm. and I show them how you draw, how I drew it, and how they can draw a flower motif, and just with graph paper, and uh-huh. then you knit it, and then on the right side of that swatch, it shows how I em- embellished it with embroidery. Right, it's so cute. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, it's it's like knitting doesn't have to just be two or three colors. Knitting can be, you know, technicolor. I guess. Yeah. No, definitely. It's that's what I really find inspiring about your book is because I'm not really into color work knitting. I've just done a few projects. I love it and I'm I like want to do it every time I see a color work project I think, "Oh, you know, I want to knit that." But I I'm just not super comfortable with it. I uh-huh. I've just I guess I've never really been formally taught like the right way to you know, hold the colors and everything. Oh, well, but then, I never was either. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you have to get over it and just do it. I guess so. <laughs> well, when I, that's the cool thing is when I was looking through your book, it, I love how you just take you take all the mystery out of stranded knitting. You show exactly like you talk about how to hold the colors, how to control the tension, how to follow the charts. And then I loved this part on steaking because that's like my greatest fear in knitting. Oh, you it's haven't happy. done one of them yet? No. Oh, <laughs> gosh. You have to try it because it will open up your your knitting life to so many more pop- possibilities. Oh, I know. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> but I'm just terrified. But I, I just like how you laid all that out in the book. And it's not just a book of patterns, but you also, there's a lot of instruction and you also teach how to design your own. So I think it's a really well-rounded book. Oh, well, great. Yeah, and in the back, there's like 22 projects, but uh, each project, I don't know if you notice it, it starts off with a thing that is called, I think it's called uh, Magic Multiple for the Colorwork Chart. 
And so if you don't, for instance, there's a little girl's cardigan on page 53 that Julia's showing, and it's got on the bottom a flower border. Uh-huh. Let's say you have a little boy that's two and you want to make him a feral sweater and he can't wear flowers. Right. He's just not going to do that. Or you, you know, Yeah. <laughs> they probably aren't going to, at least. So, so this tells you in the beginning of the instructions, it says that this little flower chart is a 10-stitch repeat. Mm-hmm. Because all pattern stitches usually have, all feral stitches will have a repeat. Sure. And then in the back, there's a glossary. I and saw that. Did you see that? And it's yes. set up by multiples. So you, so the knitter can then go to the 10-stitch multiple page and there's Just insert like, a different motif. Yeah, and so they can change the flower to a diamond or mm-hmm. to a square or to, uh, you know, an oblong or something like that. And basically that's, you know, that's all I do when I'm doing stuff. I pretty much will sit down with a piece of graph paper and, and draw a little chart and then uh, mm-hmm. just start knitting it, you know. It's... It's not hard, but it, 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 I guess it takes getting over your fear. And, right. Um, and also just, you know, I know, giving it a try, you know, giving it a try because it's not, it's not hard. It's just, I think anything is hard unless you have done it once and then you realize that the mystery's out of it. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, well, I, and I, I just hope that people sorry. will, will they will give it a try, you know. It's, yeah, it's, definitely. I, well, I think that with your book, it, like I said, it, it really breaks it down. And um, I I like how you make it so simple. You just, you know, like just what you said, you're showing how this is a 10-stitch repeat. Here you can just easily, you know, plug this in instead. It just makes it so simple if somebody wants to um, change up one of the designs or, you know, to design their own. It's very yeah. sim- it's very simplified. That's what I just yeah. really enjoy. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned this zip up cardigan because that's my favorite in the whole book. I love oh, that. Yeah, that's a great little sweater. It's so it's cute. Really and yeah. I think I'm just partial because I have a little girl at home. So oh, I, how old is she? <laughs> she's gonna be four soon. Okay, well there you could try a seek. I know, I should. <laughs> I should. I love this one and I love the um I think it's called the Best Friend Pullover. Oh, yeah, that's that's a great sweater. That's... Yeah, they're just so fun and whimsical. And I, you know, I usually um, wouldn't think of putting all the colors together, but it totally works. It's just so, it's fun and it's funky. It's cool. I really like it. Yeah, it is fun. It's colorful. And, and I get a lot of, um, oh, ideas from like ethnic textiles, you know. Mm-hmm water textiles from Mexico or um, India, and I have a lot of rugs that came from the, I guess, the Middle East, and uh, so I, you know, those people, they've never had color theory classes, they just put it together and it works, they mm-hmm. don't work together, and I think that, you know, a lot of times um, Americans get a little bit too worried about how it's going to be, and they, right. they get too fearful, but... Um, mm-hmm. But it's just about having fun and playing with it. Yes, yes. And, you know, that's why I wanted to put a lot of the teeny projects in there. Mm-hmm. Because um, then you're not investing that much time. But, for instance, there's these little slipper socks. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. those. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and they, they start out for infant sizes and go up to men. So oh, cool. Yeah, so you could just start learning. If you have a friend that has a baby, you could try a pair of these out. And so they're going to take you, you know, maybe a couple nights to make them. 
Mm-hmm. But buy them in colors that you're not used to working with. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then make another pair and see how, how you're working with color, how you feel about it. And, you know, you'll find that every single project you do, you'll get better at it and more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm sure. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's really, really fun. Now I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> I could see that. I could see how it'd be addicting. I I was thinking about how fun it would be to knit in this style because it would always keep your interest because you're always seeing new patterns and new colors. I could see how that would be definitely addicting. Yeah, yeah, it it is. And um, you know, I I used to like I don't know if you've seen my work from way back when, but I did a lot of cable, a lot of cable sweaters, and um, that's what I used to be sort of known for: pretty Aaron kind of sweaters. And, ah. Um, and so I, you know, I get calls for, uh, will you do me an Aaron sweater or whatever? And mm-hmm. it's like, that's not where my heart is right now. Right. I'm more into the color, you know, and, and mixing it all together. So yeah. I've got to like, I've got to get more people knitting it. <laughs> I know. Get them hooked as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so I can keep doing what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Instead of going back to one color boring sweater. Too. Right. Oh, I know. This, yeah, this definitely looks like fun. Um, yeah. Do you have a, a favorite in the book? Do you have a favorite piece that you've done, or Everybody is that hard? Asked me, and I, I really don't have a favorite. I like, you know, there's something I like about everything. The other thing is, I think the pictures turned out really nice. They are so cute. Yes. Yeah. They, they, they're all taken at our house. Really? And, that's your house? Yeah, that's our house. You have a beautiful and, house. Oh, thank you. It's it's old from the 1751. It was built, and all the walls. The, I don't know if you've noticed the painted drop backdrops and stuff, but huh? that's all walls that I painted. Oh wow! Myself. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. So it was great that I could photograph it here because, you know, the settings really lended to, you know, how I how I envisioned the entire book. Uh huh. Putting these really colorful projects in our house and then outside I live at a, on a sheep farm and so I don't know there's one picture the little shepherd's scrap yarn scarf yeah and you see our sheep in the background and one of our dogs and um okay I'll have you know, to check so that out again <laughs> yeah yeah it's page um 58 okay it's um you can see our sheep there if you turn the oh page, yeah that's right that's yeah, that's cool. 60, I didn't notice that before. Yeah, that's see the, on page sixty. There's the sheep. Yep. And then that's our house there at the bottom. The oh, how neat! House, so. Well, that makes the book so much more personal, knowing that if that's your house, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. We didn't just go on location someplace. It, uh-huh. You know, it's all about you know the the putting the colors to work in in a space that they work in. Also, I think. Yeah, definitely. I I um. Looking through the pictures, I see that you have a lot of color in your house anyway. It it yes. just all goes together. It's very yes. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, one of the things that makes the book so, so special to me and my family. Is yes. The way it's been, the way the stuff is portrayed. Uh-huh. Really, it looks great. You know, it looks at yeah. home and it, it makes the, the projects really look great. Yeah, it really does. I was also... um I remember reading in the book, I can't remember where you put it, but about how you like to um, hang up 
your knitted swatches and um, small projects in, was it your kitchen? Like on yeah, it's my kitchen. Close... I've got this string that goes across it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, that's such a cute idea. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a, um, one of the swatches is still hanging up. And um, if yeah. you're too tall, though, you keep getting your head bonked with flying <laughs> paper and swatches. <laughs> How funny. Well, do you, is there a certain piece in the book that you can think of that like has like, I mean, if there's not, it's okay. But I was just wondering if there was one piece that maybe holds special meaning or a piece that you, like there was a definite inspiration behind or anything like that? Um, well, they, they, I don't know, not so much special meaning, but, um, uh, let's see. Well, I'll tell you a story. How about that? Okay. Um, <laughs> on, um, let's see. The ones, I think they're called, it's page, page 40, is it 48? Yes, page eight forty-eight. Okay, okay, the family of slipper socks. Uh huh. I I have a little intro to this, but when I worked for the yarn company, I I went to Greece one time to buy cotton yarn. Hmm. Um, because they make a they make a lot of beautiful cotton yarn. So oh. we happened to be traveling to Europe, and so we made the side trip to Greece. Okay. And wow. When we went there, um, the the woman I used to work for, her name was Pat Chu, and she she had this passion for flea markets and markets, and that was fine because I did too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if we if we were ever in some kind of country, you know, foreign country, and we would always seek out some kind of food market or or uh, flea market or whatever to to always have to get a taste sort of the lo- local flavor. So mm-hmm. I went we went to this one market. It was in I think it was in Athens. And I was looking around, and I found these moth-eaten slipper socks, the little, like, half socks. I didn't even know what they were, mm-hmm. but they were knitted, and they were on somebody's table. So I can't remember what I paid, but it was minuscule. And I snatched them up, brought them home. You know, they basically look like rags. But um, they they were these slipper socks that were knit at about nine stitches to the inch. They were really small, and uh-huh. uh, so I stuck them in my freezer because moths won't eat stuff if it's if it's in the freezer. Uh huh. So right. I've heard that. Yeah. So so I just I've had them in my freezer for years. <laughs> Every once in a while, I take them out. But, uh, but you still have them? Oh yeah, I, they're in the freezer. They're oh mine. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to frame them one time. You know, I was going to put them in, in a frame, like with a shadow box kind of thing. Uh-huh. But I I know the moths would get in there and eat them. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> because, goodness. You know, they'll go through the glass and stuff. So and you, anyway, and... <laughs> um, uh, those those Greek slipper socks inspired uh-huh. these, these little slipper socks here. And they're not really anything like them. But, you know, it was just the idea that I picked these up. And then yeah. the other thing is, my grandmother used to make us little slipper socks when we were kids for Christmas presents. She'd make uh-huh. them for us. So I, I, I like that. And I, I just made my daughter a pair and I'm actually making my sister a pair now for Christmas. So, um, but you know, they're really, they're fun to do because they're little and you can experiment with the color on them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really cute. Yeah, I liked yeah. how you have a whole, um, family of these slipper socks yes, shown in the picture. Yes. Very yes, so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very it's nice. more complicated, though, because you have to write the sizes for everything. <laughs> yes, that's true, I'm sure. So I noticed that throughout the whole book you use your yarn, Julia. And right. I've actually I heard about that yarn 
for the first time because I um I recently had Susan Anderson on the podcast. Oh yes, yeah, that's Susan. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I love her. And um in in her book, she used one of one of her patterns was using your yarn, and I remember that she just raved about it. So um, I was just wondering about uh, if you could just tell the listeners a little bit about the yarn and um, how you got to have your own yarn line. Okay. Um, well, the yarn is it's fifty percent wool, twenty five percent alpaca, and twenty five percent mohair. Mm-hmm. So I, um, you know, because. Because I worked at that yarn company for so long, I basically was all hooked up with all the different mills throughout the, basically the world, because there's really, in the whole giant scheme of things, there's not a lot of mills that produce hand-knitting yarn. I see. Okay. Okay. So even though, like, as a regular knitter, you might think, oh, man, it's a huge industry, but Mm -hmm. there are not that many mills that still produce it. So I see. And you had all the contacts and everything. I had the contacts, and so... When I stopped working for uh, the yarn company, the mill actually came to me, and they said, would you like to do a retail line of yarn? And oh. I didn't want to do it, so I hooked them up with somebody else to do it. A friend of mine that owned a yarn store in North Carolina named Great Yarns, mm-hmm. and her name happens to be Linda Pratt. And she, so she started this, um, basically it was a retail line of yarn with another friend of hers, it was called Goddess Yarns for a while, and Julia was part of that that product line. But then okay. Linda got hired by the people up by Westminster, uh-huh. and she went to work and um, at Westminster. You know, they do Rowan and Gadifra and um, Regia, and they used to do Jaeger. And then they started this line called Nashua Handknit. Yes. And so Linda was able to put the Julia into the Nashua line. And now it's available, you know, widely available all over the United States because, yeah. it, so, you know, it's like who you know, basically. <laughs> I see. I mean, it, it, and connections and just uh, uh, luck. Oh, I see. Well, the yarn looks like it's just ideal for uh, Fair Isle because it has that mohair and um, alpaca. So it's not, it's, uh, it's slightly fuzzy, which I'm sure probably is better because it, um, like for steaking and stuff, right? Uh, yeah, it, the mohair actually adds the luster to it, and that's what makes the colors look so great on it. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. the mohair gives it a little bit extra sheen, and then when you knit with it and you have your finished thing, it's like beautifully drapey, and um, oh, nice. you know, people start knitting with it, and then they can't stop, you know, because it's, it's different because it's got the different fibers. It's not like a straight wool uh-huh. where... You know, it's got the bounce in the spring and stuff. But with the addition of the alpaca, which makes it softer, and then the mohair, which makes it more lustrous and mm-hmm. have more drape, it's all those fibers together that make it so nice. Yeah. Well, it looks beautiful. Knit it up. I, it makes me want to try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need to get some. Yes, I, I think I do. <laughs> okay. Um, that's another thing that I, I really love about your book, Um one of the things I found so inspirational is I love these pictures of all your swatches all kind of pinned together on the page. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That is really cool. Uh, is that how, is that how you work? Like, like what it, what exactly is your design pro- process? Do you just knit a bunch of swatches and kind of place them together to see what works or, or what do you, um, how well, do you do see. it? Uh, the swatches, basically I have 25 years worth of swatches. Yeah, in right. Bags in my house. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> okay? Because I never throw out a swatch. Uh-huh. It, I, I know. It. I, I agree. Don't, I don't redo it. You know, I don't rip it out and use the yarn. I just save it because I go back to them, you know, and you can look for old color combinations or something. Mm-hmm. But um, when I started this book, um, basically the way I work is um, so I needed to do, I, I knew I wanted to do two adult sweaters and I wanted to do uh, two you know, at least two kids' sweaters. So I just start project by project. And I actually started with um, the Best Friends Pullover first. Mm-hmm. And I did the one on the right that's got more red tones. That was mm-hmm. the first sweater I did. So I did all the swatches and I wrote the pattern and I had the sweater knit. And I hang them on my wall in my studio. I have, like, these wood doors. Okay. So I just pin them on with a little sketch and the swatch. And uh-huh. then... Um, it's almost like a building and a layering process. So sure. then I said, oh yeah, I gotta do a, you know, now I gotta do a pair of mittens. So I knit the swatch that I wanted it to be, and then I hang that up. And I split them up because when I envisioned the book, I envisioned it in chapters. So mm-hmm. I thought there'd be home deck, accessories, and sweaters. Right. And, um, so I wanted to make sure there was a color balance between the projects. So that there was enough blue and, and there was I enough see. red and enough pink, enough yellow, you know. Mm-hmm. And so having the visual stuff just hanging willy-nilly on my wall, you can look at it and see, oh, I better do something else blue. So, you know, Got as, it. as I'm designing things, because I don't do them all in a month, you know, it takes a long time to do something like this. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, so you just, you know, you just sort of keep plots along. Mm-hmm. And, you keep, and then you fill in the places, and then at the end you do an overview of it. And um, I went, I took the stuff down to New York to to see the people that were publishing it, and um, you know presented it to them. And and then they didn't, even, you know, they didn't say anything. They said, "Oh, this looks good. Just you know, keep going." But I was able to step back from it and say, "Oh, I got to do some more blue," or mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I see. Yeah. Well, I'm sure too, like having all these swatches provides so much inspiration and maybe you could probably swatch for one thing and then it provides inspiration for another project. And I'm sure it just kind of adds on. It's like like a building thing. It's, it's like one, by doing one thing, you get an idea from it for another thing. It's basically baking a batch of cookies and saying, Oh, let's make chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. The next batch, let's put some sunflower seeds and oatmeal in them. And, Got it. And it's like, it's how any artist works. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Um, whether it's cooking, baking, whether it's uh, painting, you know, you finish a painting and you think, oh, let's take this idea and let's morph it into that. And, uh-huh. And that's how I think. You know, I think of the whole thing that I do, I think of it as art. I don't think of it as... <sighs> I don't think of it as just nitty. Think of it as, yes. as a whole art. And um, I agree. That's definitely the feel that the book gives you. It's it's very artistic. It's artistic knitting. It's very cool. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm glad I got my point across. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. Very. Very much so. So, um, do you have any other design projects in the works? Or are you going to take a break for a while? Or uh, decide what to do right now I don't I, I really don't want to jump hugely into something else um, 
basically what I'm doing is a bunch of stuff for my website, downloadable PDF patterns. Oh, okay. Um, what yeah. What is your website? Uh, it's com. Okay, cool. And there's a page that on it with knitwear, and there's some downloadable patterns, but I've been working on more of them. But, you know, when you do that, uh, you know, you then become the publisher. <laughs> yeah. And, and okay. I have to do, you know, I'm doing InDesign to do all the typesetting, and I have to, now I've, now I've become the photographer. Yep. <laughs> and, and so it's like, Oh my gosh! What it's a lot of work. <laughs> well, I look forward to checking it out and seeing what you what you come up with and what you yeah. put up there. Yeah, and Very- we also have um, a sheep farm. My husband and I. Uh huh. And so we we have 250 sheep. Wow. So like in a few weeks they're going to start lambing, and uh-huh. we we actually have a, a retail meat business. We sell our our lamb meat to the public. Wow. So, so we do uh, all summer long. We do um, farmers markets, uh-huh. going around with our freezer <laughs> and that- selling our homegrown, grass-fed, pasture-raised um, lamb. That's so cool. You have so much going on. <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, you know that that took up the whole summer. Yeah, and, I bet. You know, it takes from you know they go the farmers markets go from May to October around here, uh-huh. and. So we're we're really this is the first year we've done it. We've had our sheep for thirty years, but um, you know I had to have a website built. Now I have to develop recipes for it. It's a you know it's a whole other thing. But um, so that keeps me busy in the summer. And so I'm, yes. I'm right now I'm fearful of committing to a big book project. Right. I yeah <laughs> I could see that. That sounds like a lot a lot yeah. on your plate. It's bits and pieces. Little things are good right now. Yes. Now, did you mention earlier about something about a TV show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I actually am on, there's a PBS TV show called uh, Knit and Crochet Today. And it's hey. on, a, oh gosh, a tons of markets of PBS all over the country. And I think they're going to change the name to Knit and Crochet Now, right now. I, but I was just out in Detroit taping the next season, which begins in January 2010. Wow. And, um, yeah, so I think I was on six shows at this point. And so I, I've That's so cool. My, my third season I've taped. I've been on it for three three seasons and I you know, I demonstrate whatever they give me to demonstrate and I also originate projects for them uh-huh. and then and then demonstrate them on the air. So um, you know, that it's when I first started doing it, I was terrified. Yeah, I, I would be. Totally terrified. I would be very terrified. But now it's like no big deal. I just go. I, you know, I'm demonstrating what I know, uh-huh. so it's not hard. And um, I'm pretty matter of fact and no nonsense. And and people, I guess they like me because I get emails from people all over the place. Oh, cool! Oh, you on the show? You were great. You know, like. Um, Thank you for doing it, and you know that's that's nice because um, it's just it's nice to hear from people that they like the way. Oh, I sure. How to do something? Yeah, yeah. That, so that's so. This is on PBS. It's on PBS, and it, PB, it, the whole thing is very complicated. But it 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 depends if your market, depending on where you live, picks mm-hmm. it up. Okay. So. Basically, you have to look within, like around here, it's WGBY, Boston's WGBH. I think 
New Jersey's W, oh, I can't remember what it is, but mm -hmm. you look there to see if they're covering, you know, if they brought it into their their series. Okay. But you can also go to the Knit and Crochet, Knit and Crochet Today website, and I think, oh, I know they sell their, the DVDs on it. Okay. And they also, um, I think they're going to have some kind of streaming stuff, but I don't know if it's gotten that far yet. Okay, well, I'm excited. I want to check that out. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I love exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, it's fun because, um, it, you know, to to see somebody do something is for a lot of people that are visual learners, mm -hmm. it's easier than just reading the instructions in a book. Sure. To actually see somebody do it, I I think oh, there's a lot of people that learn like learn like to learn like that, and you know that's why a yarn store is a great place to go because somebody can always teach you. Yes. Can I tell you I have a blog? Um, well, you mentioned your website. Do you have a, a, a blog aside yes, from I that? Yes, I have a blog that okay. I work very hard on. <laughs> okay, please tell um, me. Okay, it's called Getting Stitched on the Farm. Okay. I think I read that in your book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's in referenced in the back of the book. But it, I talk a lot about, you know, living on a farm. I talk about the animals. I talk about colors. and. Um, oh, how fun. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. I've got pretty good following. And... Um, Great. And yeah. that's, is that dot blogspot.com? Yes, it is. Okay, yes. so getting stitched on a farm dot blogspot.com. And I'll be right. providing a link to that in the show notes for those yeah. lists. Okay, cool. Yeah, if you just put in Kristen Nich Nicholas blog, it comes up, you know? It's, yeah. If you search okay. it. Awesome. Well, I really, and I'm just so glad that you were here today. And I, it's been so fun to go over kind of get a little bit of the inside scoop on the book and everything. And um, I'm just so pleased that you took the time out. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. So I hope all of you enjoyed learning a little bit more about Kristen and her new book. For me, I was so interested to find out that all of the beautiful photos in Color by Kristen were taken at her own house. I just think that is really cool. And if you look through the book, you can see that Kristen really is an artist. Her knits and her home are both so artfully designed. Basically, this book just makes me want to live in a farmhouse and knit nothing but colorful knitwear for the rest of my life. And I've never even really considered myself as a multi-color type of knitter. This book is just that inspiring. So I definitely suggest that you check out Color by Kristen. And if you happen to have a little girl at home, you have got to check out her children's sweater patterns. I think that these would be so fun to make and such a great stash busting project too. Especially if you just have like a stash of odd balls all in the same yarn or all in the same weight, which I know I do. I think that making a fun, colorful, colorwork sweater like this would be such a fun creative way to use up your yarn. It can be kind of challenging trying to figure out something to make out of just a single skein of worsted weight yarn, which is usually just around a hundred yards or so, so I think this would be a really fun way to use it. If I wasn't so busy with design projects right now, I would have already cast on for that child's zip-up cardigan a long time ago. It's my favorite out of the entire book. So bright and cheery. So if you're interested in this book and you'd like to order Color by Kristen for yourself or as a gift for a friend, 
You can find the book for sale at www.sixthandspringbooks.com, which is this episode's sponsor. Sixth and Spring is a division of Vogue Knitting and Knit Simple magazine. It's a small family-owned company that publishes several knitting and crochet books every year. They publish books by designers such as Nikki Epstein, Louisa Harding, Debbie Bliss, and of course, Kristen Nicholas. You can find all of these books for sale on their website. And this is a perfect segue into announcing this episode's drawing giveaway. This is a really good one, and I'm really excited to tell you about it. In honor of Kristen Nicholas and this episode of Never Not Knitting, I'm going to be hosting a special drawing giveaway on my blog within the next few days for a brand new copy of Color by Kristen provided by this episode's sponsor, Sixth and Spring, as well as a giant bag of Kristen's Julia yarn in a beautiful variety of colors. And that's kindly provided by Westminster Fibers. Seriously, this is a good amount of yarn here. We're talking 12 skeins. Isn't that great? Whoever wins this is going to have so much fun swatching, knitting, or designing something from Kristen's book. Remember that all the patterns in Color by Kristen use this Julia yarn. Since I totally caught this color work bug, I just love this prize so much that I kind of want to keep it, but I won't, of course. But you better get over to my blog and enter before I change my mind. I'll be posting the drawing in the next couple of days, so be sure to stop by. All of the details on how to enter will be posted on my blog. Thank you again to the wonderful contributors for making this prize possible. Sixth and Spring Books, for one, has been awfully generous with the Never Not Knitting podcast. And besides, this book has sent me several other great knitting books to review and give away on the podcast. So stay tuned for more great book giveaways from Sixth and Spring in the future. And I have one more brief announcement to share with you before I close. As you know, with the podcast, I've gotten to interview quite a few designers by now, and it's been a lot of fun. But just recently, someone offered to interview me. Yeah, me. Can you believe it? So if you are interested in learning a little bit more about me, how I started blogging, podcasting, knitting, and how I really feel about germs, check out my interview with Veronica from the Yarn on the House blog. You can find it at www.yarnonthehouse.com, and I'll be linking to it in the show notes. Again, the show notes for this episode, as well as all episodes of Never Not Knitting, can be found on my blog, and that's at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry.com as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks. Until then. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. 
won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she's just knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had